Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Welcome to another episode of the GeoMob podcast. This is our Christmas cracker edition. It's the last edition of 2020, and we've got something a bit special for you. We've recorded 50 episodes of the GeoMob podcast this year, and we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this journey. It's been a lot of fun. But today, we've got something very different for you. Normally, either Ed and I talk to each other or we interview a guest. Today, we've got six guests on the show, all of whom have featured in the last year in the GeoMob podcast. So what I want to do, first of all, is just welcome our guests. I've got Denise McKenzie, I've got Alex Rottersley, I've got Jeremy Morley, Kenneth Field, Mark Eiliff, and Ed Parsons. So what you first of all see is that there are seven Brits plus Ed Freyfogel. Two of the Brits are in America, one in New York and one in California, and Ed Freyfogel, who's the only Yank, is in Barcelona. So this is a truly international edition of the GMOB podcast. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to try and run a chaotic panel. We don't know if it's going to work. We don't know who is going to say something they subsequently regret. But we're going to ask all of our panellists a couple of questions, let them answer, and then let the rest of our guests chip in, take the mick out of them, argue with them. Whatever happens, happens. So are you all ready, my guests? Yes. Yes. Possibly. I can't hear you. Yay! Okay. <laughs> well, actually, only only if you agree that I'm an Australian and not a Brit, Stephen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> You're an Australian who's been in Britain for a very long time, Denise. So, mm. yeah, keep digging, face. Stephen. Trust Stephen to make, to make the first <laughs> geo mistake. Well done, Stephen. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, half the world away. Chaos. Right. So, Stephen, with now the question. Would now be a good time for me to explain to you how to pronounce my surname? Yes. <laughs> it's Freifogel, not Freifogel. Okay. 50 episodes. 50 episodes. 50 episodes. Spell it that way. Okay. 50 episodes. And, and that's the podcast ended, right? There we go. Okay. Right. Can Merry I start Christmas. now? Yes. Okay. So what I want from you is your top take from 2020. It could be a like, it could be a hate, it could be geo, it could be tech, it could be, well, I don't know. But you could even get in a couple of a like and a hate if you're quick. So I'm going to start with Ed Freifogel. Um, well, first of all, thanks thanks to all of our guests for coming on the show. Um, it's wonderful that we're able to end the year on such a somber and serious note and discussion of, of all the key issues. So, um, uh, hold on, I think I'm on the wrong podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to everyone's opinion. But in, in all seriousness, my my like for the year is has been that we've been able to move the GeoMob from a very fun offline event that we've had in London for many years and also in a few other cities into an online format and also that we've been able to set up the podcast. So... Hopefully everyone's enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. That said, you know, I do look forward to the occasional geo beer once we're able to move back to the offline format. But the online format has proved proved to work. And we've been able to get a lot of great guests that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to. And we've been able to get a lot of attendees coming and uh, taking part. So so that's fantastic. So we'll be doing more of that, even even if, or I should say, when the in-person events come back into play. So thanks for everyone who's been a part of it. Great. Yay, well done. Yeah. And we've had a few conferences online as well this year. In fact, probably most of us are Zoomed out by now. Yeah, no, I hated the conferences. Conferences were no good. No, but can I just okay. jump back in here? And I think it's been really, yeah, it's been wonderful for all of us. You know, I think we've all gone along to as many of the geo mobs as we could done. And I think everyone appreciates what you and, and Stephen have done over the last couple of months, trying to keep a, at least a little bit of normality going. So on behalf yeah, yeah. of your listeners, thank you very much. Absolutely. Very kind of you. Absolutely. Very kind of you. 
And a reminder to the listeners who might have missed some of those geomobs that all of the video is up on our video channel and it'll put a link to it in the show notes in case you want to go and catch up on some of the video over the holiday. So moving on to Jeremy. Well, I suppose I'm uh, coming at this from the uh, opposite angle to uh, to Ed, that I think although most of us might be burnt out with kind of in- internables, kind of Zoom and Teams meetings and all the rest of that, I think on the other hand, we have been as a community slowly learning how to do events differently as opposed to just interminable meetings and, and webinars and things, having events that have some sort of social semblance around them and are a bit more uh, interesting than just uh, being sat while people present at you uh, all through. So the one I was particularly involved with this year was uh, 3D Geo Info back in, in September, which I think from the uh, participant feedback managed to gain a sense of place as well as just being stuck in front of a screen. So I think we have been learning and what we go back to as the new normal afterwards of uh, being in offices or being distributed will be uh, really interesting. Indeed. And we should also probably give a quick shout out for the AGI conference, which was a couple of weeks ago. And I have to say that I was really surprised at how good the social bit was and actually being able to sit at a virtual table and catch up with some old friends that I hadn't seen for over a year was really good. And it was just like being at a real event where the first thing I do is look for my mates. Mm. So well done to AGI. Well done, Jeremy. So moving on, we haven't had anything very controversial yet. (laughs) Denise, come on, give me something a bit edgy. Something a bit edgy. Well, okay. Well, I guess, you know, negative of this year memory was trying to juggle homeschooling with actually trying to work as well, which was really interesting across lockdown. But but to pick up on your points, Dan, you know, I, I became the chair of AGI this year. Interestingly, while I was sitting in my childhood bedroom in Melbourne, on a call at 2am in the morning. but And I thought that was a rather crazy thing to be doing at the time. But after Geocom, the last couple of weeks, I'm so proud to be chair of that organisation at the moment. And I am really proud at how well that team of people that put together the event did in, in making that happen. It was just absolutely beyond my expectations in terms of what they did across all of that. And I got to chat to some colleagues uh, from USGS that I hadn't spoken to in years. So we got the chance to kind of reach out to the international folk. And I think that's been the really interesting thing this year is watching how much of the globe have jumped into somebody else's conference, whether it's Geography 2050 over in the US or it's 3D GeoInfo this year or AGI's Geocom. Suddenly we're getting this great cross-pollination of, of ideas and, and sharing and so forth that's been going on. So that's been really cool. I think, you know, the only other negative for me this year is it's the first year in 10 years that I haven't got a new, but that's probably my top. Okay. So, Mark. Yeah. It's, it's going well this year, isn't it? It's going, <laughs> going really well. <laughs> what a super year it's been. It's looking better. This is yeah, 2019. I, mean, I thought 2019 was was real shonky, and then 2020 just came along, and I mean, Almost just there. just drove a bus through it. Yeah. yeah, well, no, not just drove a bus through it, but just sort of slapped you around a bit, and I don't know, just it's just horrible. Um, anyway, geo, 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 geo. Right, governments and people looking at geo and going, mm, that could be useful. Like that, that, that I think is a really great thing yeah. because you know we we have almost been like the crazy man standing in the middle of Oxford Circus going, "This is useful. Please use maps." And Only people could see you on video being the crazy <laughs> man. People would never, I, never I, I, that. May, may be glad. Yes. You don't need video, just go to Oxford Circus. He's there from 12 to 12.30. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, That's um, not fair. He's had the haircut. Thank you. Carry on. Um, <laughs> no, so, you know, I, I can really see that our stuff is just being used more. And I think that's really good. Things that I, I hate, well, uh, let me pull my book of people, uh, the... <laughs> Shit list, uh, shall we call it. Uh, sod it. Just the OpenStreetMap Foundation list, right? I mean, I I spent a year and a half not really engaging with the open source community because I burned out after Phosphor G 2018. I actually had a nervous breakdown. And as some of you know, I've actually been sort of get, getting back up to speed with that. And then I thought, you know what? I'm feeling better. I can re-engage. Let's see what OSMF is doing. I've been part of this community since 2007. I want it to be going so well. Oh, for 
sake, you just don't get it, do you? Like, can we just have something that looks vaguely representative that isn't just seven white men from Western Europe and the US talking about, I don't know, turn-based restrictions in Karlsruhe. Just, just the, the world is big and is more impactful in the places where you are not. So let's just have a little bit of representation and diversity. Because as an aging, middle-aged man that I am progressively coming into, I just think there's more to the world and they should too. So yes, there you go. Round of applause for Mark Eilert. Yeah. I just mentioned that Mark Eilif works at the United Nations government. <laughs> <laughs> he's in charge. Worked. What date is this going out? Yeah. <laughs> he's a diplomat. Yeah. Yeah. He's a <laughs> diplomat, yeah. Okay. Well, he's so and, diplomatic, he didn't mention there were seven middle-aged men on this particular call. Which call are you describing? We have. But we're not pretending to be representative <laughs> of the global <laughs> community. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> and we've got Denise who counts to seven anyway. Oh. Oh. I, had to, I had to increase the diversity somehow by, uh, you know, making sure I was here tonight. Actually, yeah, so I will say it was good at AGI the other week. We, we were really managed to get about 50-50 in terms of the speakers and chairs across the course of the week. So it was a, a thing that we put up as a priority. But it's, yeah. not, it's not so easy. No, it, it's not easy. But it's not that hard if you just think about it and think about why people may not be able to contribute. Simple things like maybe holding your meetings at a time that's suitable for the rest of the world, maybe changing that up a bit, reaching out to your chapters, it just just a little bit more work. And they're doing a bit of effort. But, but Mark, let me challenge that down. Don't you think sure. OSF has made great strides in the last year, for example, you know, waiving the, the 15 pound fee, now anyone can become a member? by yeah. all they have to do is edit. So that's a good step. And obviously you have to be a member before you can get elected to the board. So I, I do feel like it's it's moving in the right direction. And you know, there, I think I think it was only a few weeks ago the very first African local chapter was was accepted. So, you know, it but but that necessitates there have to be local communities in those countries that that are driving those things. So Agreed. We've been doing this for a while. It's it's going the right way, but it could always go further. And I just think that with how many times this has been raised, we should be further along. And that's and I'm quite happy to sort of stand on on this sort of down the line and going well. If you didn't wait, wait, are you are you saying you're running? You're running for the board. You're standing for a position because I would. I'm not. Yeah, your platform is good, right? I think someone like you, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, (laughs) would be good. I I think we don't like to see that. I don't think it needs another version of me on the board. I think we we need to. I think people like me need to recognize the innate privilege that they have and actually use that to broaden the conversation for others. Yeah. And I, I, I want to do that in a very respectful way that is inclusive, that is sort of participatory and, and brings people to the table. And, you know, at the moment, currently having conversations with different communities to actually support how that changes and how that comes together. But it's it's almost. It feels like a bit like a missed opportunity. Like I, I can see that the community have made great strides in this about five, six years ago, and stepping away from it for about two years. That was the thing that was most jarring. Sort of coming back into it of just seeing, well, hang on a minute, there was so much progress, and where's it gone? Um, yeah. it's, the history okay. is always made by the people that turn up, isn't it? Yeah. It's just it's, try to make yeah. it sure that that people can turn up, but that they have to turn up if they want to make the change. Yeah, Ed. Oh, hello, the other end. This is, this is going to be yeah. confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm mostly in mark in terms of overall this year has been a bit rubbish, generally, for me. Not <laughs> not been super happy, I must admit. But I have one highlight, actually, which you and the other aid have already mentioned in previous shows. And that, for me, being the, the abdeek that I am and also involved in, in geo stuff, was Microsoft Flight Simulator, which has kept me sane for the last six months. I have spent many a happy hour flying around the places I know and love and places I've never visited before in what is, you know, this year's standout geospatial product. You know, it's been brilliant. You know, it's got a digital twin of the world in front of hundreds of thousands of people and no one mentioned GIS in the process. I think it's great. I, I love it. 
been they brilliant. They did mention bugs in OSM, though, didn't they? They did mention bugs in OSM. They didn't. Bugs we, all did. we said, ah, look, there's, there's, there's a bug. <laughs> but we love that. You know, that's, that's all part of it. And I, you know, I've flown around the sea coast building numerous times. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> so it's still there? Wow, not, not until the last time I looked. I haven't been to Melbourne for a while. Sorry, Denise, I know how much that's uh, an important place to you. But no, um, I'm more local. I, I just love... I bought some additional scenery for, for central London, and it is amazing. Not quite as good as Google Earth, but it's pretty good. Uh, flying, flying around central London with proper meteorological weather conditions as they are outside, it's so immersive. You know, I think mm. finally there is maybe something to this augmented reality, virtual reality thing that, that will finally take off. But, you know, it's, it's kept me sane, and for that I'm internally grateful. There are some fantastic demos out there uh, already of uh, real-time photorealistic rendering on not even the top-notch uh, graphics cards. You know, I think a lot of that yeah. stuff is is so now. You know, maybe next and year's I love thing. The, I love I love the history of it. You know, it's Microsoft's oldest product. Mm. Yeah, you know, other than an operating system, it's older than Office. It's older than you know Word. Nineteen eighty-two was the first version of, of Microsoft mm. Flight Simulator, and the fact that they've you know gone all the way through and it's, you know, moved to the cloud and look, you know, all of the AI that sits behind it. I think it's a, it's a wonderful story. I bet you didn't yeah. expect me to be bigging up Microsoft, but oh, no, they've, done a, they've done a fantastic job. I just wanted to check. Did you clear this with head office? Or of course not. Are you going to no. have to explain no. yourself tomorrow morning? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I say is ever cleared with head no. office. Otherwise, no. I'd spend all my time just quiet. things with head office. Yeah. I no, think no, what's I also amazing about that flight simulator is there's loads of different bits of technology that went into producing this latest release of stuff. And they were all sort of projects that Microsoft had partially exposed in different ways before. You know, there's a bit of photosynth in this. There's some yeah. of the early AI stuff. And all of that stuff that you saw them doing, and then it seemed to disappear. And you thought, oh, I wonder what happened to that. And then kapow, yeah, exactly. they released this product, and all of their capabilities were harnessed in it. It's like a, a demonstration for the new 21st century Microsoft. Yeah, but, is that, right. but in some ways that's... Uh, incredible at all that kind of R&D investment and so on. Where is it resurfaced? Flight simulator. Flight you know, all the so things. Why, is that, why is that bad? Why is that it isn't, bad? it isn't. It's just so slightly incredible, you know. Yeah, Asoba, I think Asoba, who are the developers, did their you know, early work on, on VR. They did those kind of um, 360-degree videos of Machu Picchu and places. That, that's how they got started. But for me, you know, what I love about this is it's a geospatial story at one level, it's all about a digital twin of the world that we are all using, that was built, that's brought all of this imagery together. It has OpenStreetMap, got real-time feeds. It's what we do in a microcosm, but not complicated by the fact that we like to badge everything GIS. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, there's a, there's, a problems, real lesson. Yeah. there's a real lesson for us. If you know your user and you can get the information to them that makes a difference for whatever that user wants to do, then... That's definitely the way forward. I, it's a I really good it. starting point as well for people and technologists to get into the geo world, that they'll start to dig a little bit on the, you know, what is actually behind this as opposed to, oh, that's nice and move on. And, you know. Yeah. So the message for our listeners is go and play with Microsoft's Flight Simulator. And next up, it's our man in California. Mr. Field. Uh, our Brit abroad. Uh, uh, yes. Hey. Thanks, Stephen. Oh, yeah. You, you've already said... The original Brit abroad. I think I've got maybe three very quick Marmite love-hate moments, and they're all sort of interrelated, and sometimes I actually switch them. Oh. I love some of them and hate, hate the other side of it. So firstly, you know, the opportunity of attending all sorts of geo events I'd normally, never normally get to. You know, you just sit here with a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and, and, uh, and listen to what you want and dive into different rooms without getting you know, accosted in a hallway and missing the very talk you were on your way to, to listen to. But on the other hand, the other side of the Marmite coin, I, that whole idea of just going to the bar at the end when, you know, most of the good conversations happen, I really, really do miss, miss that. Um, so the opportunity of, you know, meeting people in real life is, is really 
you know, affected me quite quite a lot this year. Secondly, you know, this digital engagement, I wrote a blog really early on, sort of mid-March on how to map coronavirus responsibly, which had something like 300,000 page views, which is great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Being able to get material out there that people actually read and like. But on the other side of the coin, I didn't actually see many people implement things that they said they liked. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, there's still this huge gap between, you know, what some of us might sort of encourage others to, to do to improve their ability to communicate something. And, and whether they actually implement it. And, and finally, I think it's worth mentioning the Johns Hopkins University dashboard. I mean, that, that in many respects has been geography's viral moment of the last decade. It's, you know, ca- it captured so many people's attention and led to so many more people scraping the data and reinventing their own dashboards and their own maps and things. Yeah, on the other side of that particular coin, I just wish the bloody map was better. I mean, it just reinforces... <laughs> it, re- it reinforces everything I say about thematic maps. And I know I could get into an hour's argument with Ed over this, but not... Have you normalised your map properly? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. The data was normalised. It was just, you know, you put in a... The font was a bit bad, a wasn't it? Yeah. The font wasn't great. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think all of these things have, have been been both good and bad, and sometimes they flip during a day yeah. or a, mo- a moment or a week or whatever. But it's been an interesting yeah. year. It certainly has. Alex, what about you? What's your highlight of twenty twenty? Well, I think following on from Ken, I mean, you're sticking with the COVID theme. I think what was extraordinary was when this first hit Western Europe in in March and April, there was this incredible response from the community of developers and geeks just desperate to contribute in some kind of way. And that was really exciting. And the other flip side was how disappointing it was that there was no coordinating principle that could harness that creativity and bring it to effect because there was so much. I was with Geovation at the time and everyone wanted to do stuff. There were loads of ideas being spun up and people trying to find things, trying to find ways of collaborating. And we tried to bring a few together. You know, we did a lot of work at OS, as Jeremy knows, with Cabinet Office, trying to provide feedback into decision-making at central government level. And, you know, as Mark says, this is the year where maps became mainstream for governments, but seeing firsthand how poorly that was adopted, you know, at the right level, how slow they were to, to... I mean, without naming names, we spent a long time trying to get that mapping data into the right places we were to look at. And it was so hard. Even when we, we could see, we were looking at graphics and data going, this is really bloody helpful in terms of doing the analysis and communicating what needs to happen. Now, this is, a, as I think, Ed, you both about the this is a geospatial moment. This is a geospatial problem. COVID is, you know, objects in space, people, vectors, place and time. This is literally <laughs> our yes, moment. networks, yeah. And yeah. it just if felt only tragedy. We, it wasn't, yeah. If only uh, we had part of government that was responsible for geospatial strategy and, and making those decisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Or you could argue that... If that was aligned in the right way with the other forces of play, I mean, I know there yeah. was, you know. If the other parts of the government wanted to listen, I think is uh, yeah. part of it as well. And yeah. Yeah. I think the people that are doing the really good work, though, in this respect are visual journalists. I mean, they've really yeah. stepped up this. Absolutely. I mean, some yeah. of the work that's coming out of the FT and the Times and the BBC and the New York Times, Washington Post. I mean, it's fantastic stuff. We, we haven't seen front page maps and charts and graphs. Yeah. But, but Alex, Alex's point is a really good one. You know, it was you know I did blog about it. I think you know, the problem is, as geographers, we don't stand up and say, "Well, we can own part of this." You know, fundamentally, yes. the the transmission of a virus that is an aerosol is going to be a geographic problem, and it's perhaps at a scale that we're not familiar with working in. But we should have been up there saying, "Hey, hey, we can help. We yeah. we can do this. We can we can make these maps. We, you know, there was a little bit of, I guess, you know, the contact tracing stuff, but, yeah, but it, it, we should have been much, and much th- more in the, in the room. We, we, we I think there's the been room. more stuff that's happened behind the scenes, yeah, through mm. some of the Royal Society efforts and, and things. Mm. It may not have been as visible. I, d- I think it wasn't that either GIS, geospatial people or epidemiologists weren't part of that mix. But It was yeah, the fact we it took so long to get it through, Jeremy, though. The fact that yes, there was like yes. a, a month window when this is really important and it took so long to get yes. there. And, okay. there. and as you've said, Alex, there was that big froth of people 
really talented people wanting to help. And the the story was, please don't do too much because you'll just get in the way of the official thing. But no direction. But But one of the challenges of governance is that politicians and politics in general is sort of communicated in poetry, but the substance is in prose. And... The, have, you, have you seen Twitter recently? The politics on there is very poetic. Well, I mean, you could say oh, that. I know. couldn't possibly comment, Ken. Um, the 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 nature of the nature of it is that by the time uh, governments realized sort of the true scope of this you know uh, one of the challenges of this is the moment you know it's too late and you have the data to hand that it's you know this is going to happen you're already behind and this is where the more sort of frontier technologies and you know the the geospatial transformation to use the the lingo needs to come in and become you know have a better seat at the table in terms of communicating the predictive analytics artificial intelligence and all of these things can actually inform decision making but yeah okay i'm gonna move us on because i think we might come back to this in the second round if we ever get to the second (laughs) round and i've just got the privilege of saying of getting my little bit in which sort of was covered by ken and others which is that don't hold back Stephen. tell us what you really feel yeah well, plus of 2020 was there were a lot of maps. There were maps of the virus, hell of a lot of maps of the virus. And there were maps of this election that we've just seen in the States. And there were one shitload of maps of the election what and election? how it was all going. What, what election? What? That's the one. But what I want to share with you is not the fact that I liked all those maps, but the thing that I hated about 2020 was the people who said, I'm not an expert, but, well, <laughs> if you're not a fucking expert, shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> Have you only anything? got to that conclusion in 2020? <laughs> but, you know, we had all these... Have you not been on Twitter? I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist, but if you're not an epidemiologist, shut up. And we also had, and I'll say it on behalf of my mate Ken, we had all the people who said... I'm not a cartographer, but it's fine for me to make a map and it's fine for the map to be misleading and it's fine for it to be unnormalized and all of that. And we had, we've had more ship maps in 2020 than we've had in any preceding year, in my opinion. So you're not a cartographer, so you're not, you're not, you're not qualified to comment, but thanks. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. <laughs> Let, let's go, everyone. Let's go forward. Come on, let's look yeah. forward. Enough yeah. looking backwards. Yes. Enough can looking we, backwards. Can we all just agree, though, if a map is crap, we can just say a map is crap. I don't want to yeah, bust yeah. us around it. Yeah. We all agree. If I see a shit map, agree. I really want to say that is a shit map. So let's go and look at the year that's coming, 2021. <laughs> maybe 22 if you want to stretch it as far as you want what is it that you're looking forward to could it it could be a prediction it could be a hope it could be what have you got what are your thoughts for the next couple of years preferably from a geo perspective and let's start with ken field oh <laughs> more let's have more bad maps um, let's. Be, <laughs> I'm being serious because this is job security for me. Uh, this is this is my <laughs> this is my bread and butter. You know, if I if I can't, you know, I'd spend my life sort of trying to teach and educate people about cartography and, you know, the point of a good map over just a map. You know, that, that, that's that's really what uh, I've spent my career to date to date doing. Note note the uh, to date. Um, so I'm kind of. <laughs> Is it going well? <laughs> it's, had, it's had ups and downs as as everything goes. So next year, well, I'm I'm uh, thanks for the opportunity to um, do a little bit of marketing. I'm looking forward to my new book getting published. Um, <laughs> thank you. Money's in and um, <laughs> it's guess what? It's all about making maps. Um, Good ones. <laughs> uh, well, I hope so, but that's for others to to you know, make their own decisions. I don't mind if people don't like my stuff. Is it um, fiction or non-fiction? It depends who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, Comedy and, romance, and, I think. Is it going to be a big book? Like, will I need sort of, you know, how big do I need to be to carry this book? Uh, or is it going to be like pocket-sized? 
I'll shrink one down for you and you can put it Thank in. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's like one and a half point font, but it'd be fine. <laughs> it'd be fine. Sure. Um, I just want it in to fit in the palm of my hand, you know. Okay. Congrats, Ken. We'll get you on the podcast when it comes out. All right. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so I, I won't go on about that again. But I've been pondering this over the last few days when I've been thinking about this um, this podcast we're doing. And what, what concerns me more than anything, I think, in geo generally, is this notion that we've we've made things so simple for people to be able to put data on a map and present it. They're, they're all doing it, and that's fine. But we're missing something. Map, maps should actually give us mechanisms to make decisions from or drive action or do things better. And simply just scraping a data set and shoving it on a map in a nice style that people go, ooh, for 10 minutes on social media, it, it doesn't really achieve anything. So I, th- I think the science is lacking and we need to get back to a better balance of encouraging people to make maps that show results and outcomes and to give people real mechanisms to make decisions, not just plonking data on a map. And I think that's also going to have to be wrapped up with ways that we need to develop that I still don't think are sufficiently developed to handle streamed data far better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a very famous terrestrial television company in the UK that starts with B and ends in C, whose weather maps have driven me mad for years. <laughs> when you look at the rain, you look at the rain on that map, and it's this weird tessellation of obscure squares and triangles. And I'm convinced it's because they're trying to use data relatively live to give an update. And they just haven't sufficiently been able to handle that live feed and make it good. You know, you need to use some far more impressive algorithms to, to make accurate visualizations. And I just think there's that gap that needs, needs filling a little bit. So, Are you suggesting um, you want to pivot your career to become a weatherman, Ken? <clears throat> I, I could be the new Michael Fish. I could be. <laughs> Or John Kettley. Most, most people in the oh. UK are upset that it's going to rain tomorrow. Kane is upset that the rain is rendered using the incorrect number of polygons. I agree. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm fine. Because the weather here is absolutely beautiful, Ed. No, yeah, just thank you for reminding <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, so, probably uh, sunny as well, yeah. So yeah. And the, other th- the other thing about Nextra I'm looking forward to that I haven't mentioned yet is my, my book is going to be published. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's oh. You. Alex. oh sorry. I was in the wrong point in my notes. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, again, after this year, you have to hope it's all going to be moving in the right direction. I mean, there's one thing that I want to pick up on, which is this year, one of the things, the good things that came out of of the conversation over here was this maturing conversation on the value of ethics in geospatial. And, you know, we all had a lot of interest in this and Denise through Benchmark and and us and and Ed, I think, also was working on that together with some of us, you know. It really started to bring that conversation into the mainstream in a way it was just totally unexpected. And I really hope that carries through as we learn the lessons of what it means to be, you know, but that conversation about how we, you know, really effectively and ethically use our location data for good uh, and make it really leverage that pervasive use of data in a way that really drives positive outcomes for users and consumers and citizens. That's really exciting if we can do this in the right way. And it was, I think that conversation will continue and hope to see it. I'm in a new role for the last few months at Landmark. I'm really excited to see the stuff that's going to come out. We've been starting off this autumn to come to fruition next year. It's always fun being in a new place and seeing how you know, new plans take shape. So I'm really hopeful to see that we can, talking about maps and how maps express, you know, really trying to bring what we're doing up to date and make those maps that we produce uh, as Ken says, decision tools, they're things that actually drive outcomes and, and value for our users, not just, you know, print another ordinance survey map because that doesn't add value. I'd love to get overseas this year. I'd love to get overseas this year. You know, I, 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 yeah. I had so many things planned for 2020. We had a huge family holiday we'd been saving up for for years. They got postponed and very lucky got the money back from the airline. But, you know, really looking forward to going somewhere, you know, exciting next year and reminding ourselves that we're part of a big global community because much as I loved being in my, my little town over the course of this year and living locally has been in some ways amazing. Looking forward to seeing some, some new sites and new places. I'd like to fly home at some point, if that's okay. So if, if I fly home, you lot make sure you're not flying out the country because then we can borrow ours or borrow yours. That's fine. We can do that. Have you tried okay. MS Flight Simulator? <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's great uh, for seeing the world. Ed Parsons for 2021. Uh, I, I actually I build completely on Alex's point. You know, I think he's absolutely right about this this ethical point, and I think that's a, a reflection of the fact that suddenly a lot of the, the technology that we've been developing over the years 
has sort of become mainstream, but we've been so conservative, so concerned about privacy implications and tracking of individuals and all the absolutely, quite rightly, scary things around that. It's, it's something we haven't spoken about in the past. But now, I think post-COVID, post-contact you know contact tracking, post-mobility reports, post-starting to see this information become more accessible to people, I, I think we'll finally get to the point where we seriously talk about you know, geospatial analytics, real-time information. There's such a huge possibility there. There's so much value in the data that we will create as individuals on a day-to-day basis. We've got the mechanisms now in terms of, of, of differential privacy to keep that private and let that value out. Let you know, local authorities know how busy their high street is on any particular Tuesday afternoon. Let people pub- plan their transport systems properly. Now let people just understand where people are moving around in real time. It's going to be an incredible capability as long as we can have that conversation and bring society with us, that that's, that's a good thing to do. It's probably going to take years, but at least maybe next year we'll, we'll start that conversation. And the other thing I'm looking forward to is, you know, I usually spend most of my time out of the office at meetings, standards meetings, OGC meetings, W3C meetings, just having a conversation in a corridor with someone as opposed to a, cor- a conversation over Zoom. I just, can't wait. Uh, that's what yeah. I want. Those corridor conversations that are just so valuable that that will never be part of the new normal. They have to come back. Otherwise, we as society are just going to miss a, a big bit of, of what makes us human. So I can't wait for that to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just one thought that I had about the just ethics. One. That, yeah, just one. <laughs> that Alex and Ed um, were talking about. Um, yesterday, I was walking with a a friend who's a, a doctor, she's nearing retirement, but she's a doctor and she was on a seminar and there was somebody I think who used to work at Google on the health side who was talking to this seminar of doctors about the Google Health program. And she was both amazed at what the possibilities of what you could do and horrified at the possibilities of what you could do. And, you know, we had a conversation about this. And I think when we finished the conversation, she, re- she was more engaged with the positive side than the negative side. But I really think for lots of people, we need to better articulate what we can achieve with these new technologies and with this location awareness and with real time. But at the same time, be honest about the fact that there are risks. I mean, when we finished our conversation, we were talking about, in general, with drugs. Almost every drug that we have in the world has a a piece of paper inside the packet with a long list of side effects and the people who shouldn't take it. And we don't say that you don't, nobody takes the drug that can save lives and make people better because a fraction of the population might have a side effect. And I think, you know, in terms of these geoethics, we need to recognize the side effects and explain what they are and how we can mitigate them whilst articulating the benefits. Anyway, that was a quick random riff from me. Sorry. Um, Moving on. Oh, it's my turn. Look at that. (laughs) Oh, well, never mind. It was your turn. I thought that was your turn. I thought it was. Get off. Move on. (laughs) Okay, so... You're done, Stephen. It wasn't one one thought at all, was it? This is a real quickie. I've got a hope for 2021 and 22. And that is that we, the traditional so-called trained GI people, stop pleading for the rest of the world to understand how valuable we are and what we do and just get on with doing it because it's like an endless scratched record going on and on again. You know, even Mark was saying it, look what we do. Yeah, for goodness sake, just shut up about this stuff. Get on and do it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think in two years' time, you're still going to hear the Geospatial Commission and the AGI and the people at the UN and everybody else talking about how wonderful GEO is and how if only people understood what they could do with this stuff. Meanwhile, loads of other people who aren't geographers will get on with doing that stuff. That's me. Have you thought about expressing your views on Twitter, Stephen? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I, I think there's a Oxford uh, Circus, uh, man. Oxford no, Circus. No, no, no. I, I think the OSMF Talk Foundation list is where Stephen should express his views. I think. <laughs> I think that would be far too nuanced an argument. Really. No, definitely Twitter. Far too nuanced. Yeah. Definitely Twitter. So, Jeremy, I have uh, 2021. Yeah, I have two things. I suppose. Uh, opportunity from a gloomy place. I think nations, Britain and the uh, UK and elsewhere are taking on stacks of debt and our economies are not going to be in the same places in the next few years. You know, I think if we in the geospatial industry or whatever we call ourselves want to have a place, especially in uh, government circles and, and so on. Jeremy, to, this, yeah. is Chris, suppo- this is the Christmas, Christmas advert episode. Yeah, yes. I was <laughs> going to say, light, yeah. yeah, we're going live, we're going live. <laughs> I think I think our our opportunity is 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 on the back of all the things we've just discussed about maps being so important this year and and messages about kind of a place in reporting and all that sort of stuff. There's an opportunity coming up to actually make value, make economic impact, and so on from the place we're at. And actually, all that stuff you were talking about there, Stephen, about wanting to seem relevant is is the opportunity that is now to take. I think on the from where we've been. On the other hand. I can save you 50 quid. Yeah, that's a good good sales message. That will work. Not saving. I'll save you 6 to 11 billion. No, I think think you're right. I think you're absolutely right there, Jeremy. It will have to be, I can save this. That's the only thing that's going to be the game in town probably for quite a while. Or we can sell something to another nation from our expertise here and that sort of thing as well, you know. But I think on the other hand, as everyone else has said, GeoBeer, that's the other thing as well. And just being able to see people again and going to things like GMob and going to the pub afterwards and uh, wobbling home on a train somewhere, that all of that. Yeah, and hugging random people. Oh, I I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) No. no. (laughs) You'll be very careful about Stephen these days. Very careful. Oxford Circus, Stephen. (laughs) 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 Visit this Oxford Circus. It it sounds like a fascinating space. (laughs) Denise, what's your thought for 21? 21. Well, you know, first and foremost in my mind is finishing my master's, which I've crazily started at the moment. So that'll be nice. Yay. So, but, you know, building on the ethics theme, I'm really looking forward to the Locust Charter actually launching in January next year. So, you know, that's kind of, it's almost finished at the moment. And (laughs) I'm really keen to kind of see what what the rest of the world thinks of that. But, you know, I think also I've been really interested to see this new buzzword around data collaboratives this year and how we're all sharing data. So, you know, if, if I had to kind of say, I think the new thing, for, for us as a community is going to be looking at the new models of, of what data sharing can look like uh, coming in, in 2021. And I think that they're going to come from some really unusual sources and places. And I think that's, that's going Tell to be more. Come on. <laughs> are we talking solid? What are we, what are we here? What are students with their highfalutin ideas, honestly. Oh, <laughs> get, in, get in university, all practicality goes yeah. out of the window. Yeah. No. Oh, this is how it should but be. What, yeah. I think what I love about the data collaboratives is that it's finally organisations that really include, you know, a bit of government, a bit of private sector, a bit of academia, and actually all working out how to work together. It's, you know, it, it, you don't see it anywhere else. Mm. I think, you know, and actually finally they're working out some financial models even as well that that are going to make them more sustainable. But the thing I love about them is that they're typically driven because they're trying to solve a particular problem, not just because it's the data or the technology. It's like, it's about land use or it's about trying to, to look at a health problem. So it's a data collaborative about trying to respond to COVID or, you know, it's a data collaborative that's around trying to, you know, save a species. But it means that you actually go and, you know, collect data and build tools in particular to solve a problem as opposed to I've got this shiny tool or I've got this great data and, you know, and I'm going to retrofit it to try and fix the problem. Instead, it's actually looking at the problem first and then going and doing the collection afterwards. So I think to me, that's a really exciting direction to see things going in. Okay, well, we're going to come back at the end of next year and check in with you to see how those data collaboratives have come along. We're, we're not going to be allowed to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> you will. Yes, you will. We need to get everything out, out now and just yeah. have done with it. Yeah, next year, which is warning Mark. labels. There'll be warning labels. Mark, Mark come on. So I've, got three, I've got three things. I, I'd quite like to, to drink in an airport again. 
<laughs> that, yes. That'd be nice. Yes. Yeah. Tried MS Flight Simulator. <laughs> and, a, and a pint of beer. Well, in Oxford. No, but the thing is, the <laughs> MS Flight Simulator is great. The beverage experience isn't very good. The beverage is going. Yeah, it doesn't work. It, yeah, no, it really left, doesn't work because you have to fly the plane. I, I, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to sit in the. I, I say the back. I, I don't mean no, the back, no, back no, of the no, front. No, 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 false modesty. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I want to go home. I want to hug my family. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah um, I like that because Stephen just wants to hug random people. But you <laughs> no, I, I, I want to I hug like people that. that have given me informed consent before. <laughs> and, and maybe several Christmas lunches. Yes. Yeah. You know, and part of the reason for going back home is I'd quite like to have cranberry sauce in a jar as opposed to a can. Because yeah. honestly, oh I'm really not sure what to do with this. And, you know, I realize this is radio. Yeah. I'm holding a can of cranberry sauce right now. It's not which... the stuff that's so solid you can slice it, is it? Oh, yes. Yes, I think <laughs> it is. Uh, so. That's jam. That's jam. Yeah, that's going to be no. Look, I, you know, I, I, yeah, uh, just everything. <laughs> Everything that everyone has said, you know, I, I think that there's a we've had a great a great opportunity that's been presented to us, and I think that we're we're slowly working out what we can do and how do we influence those at the highest echelons of government, and it, it's about sort of creating uh, an opportunity for us where we can actually inform policy and actually really have a genuine seat at the table. And sure, we were never going to get this right the first time around because that's just the nature of things. And, you know, one of the challenges of COVID is without a vaccine, it's an opportunity that unchallenged that keeps on coming around again so we will be better at doing it you know we will you know instead of doing blanket lockdowns we're able to have finer grind finer grained you know smaller scale geographies and we're able to have local lockdowns and that requires a level of behavioral shift within people to actually understand their geography so the fact that we're able to just start and have a conversation about concepts that we know uh, you know to our hearts but you know I'm having a conversation with my parents around, okay, you live at the edge of the Shire. When you do your shopping, mum, you go to another locality, which is in a different place. You shouldn't go there because of X. You know, I'm talking about common geographies. Like, that's the conversation I'm having with my own parents. And it, it makes me happy because I think they understand a little more of what I do now. So, oh, they, think oh, they think you're a hobbit now, though, surely. You're living, you're Have you seen the Shire? I look like <laughs> a hobbit that yeah. just got kept away in the corner. No, no, we've only seen the top one and a half foot of you for over a year. I, we, yeah. we don't, we don't <laughs> have to all you. That's what you need to like now. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, that's good. Wrapping up, wrapping up 2021, 22, Ed well, I look forward to OpenStreetMap's continued march to global dominance, despite all the, the heckling from, from all of you. Is that but, what the foundation um, wants? We, you know, I look forward to, again, being surprised by Geomob speakers with all the cool new projects and things that they're inventing. So, yeah. uh, and, and one trend that I thought was really cool, did you guys see this? A couple of weeks ago, Foursquare rolled out this uh, MarsBot project. Have you guys seen this? It's only in the US. So, But basically, the idea is as you walk around, basically, they're taking Geo into kind of a multimedia where as you walk around, if you've got your Bluetooth uh, headphones in, it will, as you walk past something that is relevant to you, it will you know, kind of whisper in your ear and say, hey, there's something cool over there you should go check out. Right. So it obviously, also, it also adds, and Gary Gale is the mayor here already. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I find that I find that kind of soothing. I, you know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, but but this is really quite cool because I think for the first time, you know, it's interesting because when when the internet came out, we took the newspapers which were printed on paper and basically we were like, all right, let's stick the newspapers on a web page. And it took kind of, you know, 10, 15 years before we realized we can do totally different things and link it up in different ways. And we can have, and, and I feel like we're finally getting there with maps. Like, you know, you know, basically we took the old paper maps and we put them on your phone and that's kind of cool or whatever. But now we're moving to completely different medium. 
that that aren't even possible. There is a lot more to the internet than you're describing, Ed. I've seen I've seen those sites also, Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I think it's a cool thing. Has anyone tried Microsoft Flight Simulator? <laughs> Uh, I look forward. I look forward to more innovation along those lines. So I, I agree with bring that. Bring it on. Anyone who wants to come talk about stuff like that at GeoMob, please volunteer to speak. Should we? Should we Go wrap up, everyone? Who's got? Who's got yeah. some closing? Any final thoughts, comments, heckling? It was okay. a disaster. It was well, a disaster. We haven't finished, finished, yet. Yet. We haven't finished recording yet. I thought we were very well behaved, actually, Stephen. To be fair, I just right. want you to look at the back of my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what we're could on radio, possibly Stephen. go wrong? It says, What could possibly go wrong? Well, everything could have gone wrong, but it didn't. Let's wow. wrap it up. Well, I'm off to do last... some edits to Open Street Map. I'm going to change Oxford Circus while you're all getting it. All right, I'm going to say the last word. So, first of all, I do want to comment on one thing. While all of you have been bemoaning the, the ill treatment of geographers, I am actually married to an epidemiologist. Can you imagine <laughs> spending this year in lockdown with an epidemiologist? The level of frustration that uh, has been spewed at me. Uh, okay, but but on a more positive note, I would like to say extend thanks to all of our listeners out there, everyone who has helped make the podcast a big success. It's been great. Please send us any feedback that you have. Send us suggestions for speakers. It's been a lot of fun, and, and we really enjoy any comments that you have of, of what we're doing well or what we could do better. And likewise, I want to extend a big uh, word of thanks to all of our attendees at GeoMob, all of the speakers. And of course, the sponsors who help make it possible. So I look forward to a great 2021. Our first GeoMob event is coming up on the 13th of January. So if you haven't signed up yet, please do. And that's it. That, that's, that's it for 2020, everyone. Should we ask them to keep subscribing after this podcast? To the podcast? You know what, man? You know what? If you want to rate it, rate it. If you want to subscribe, subscribe. If you don't want to, don't do it. I don't give a damn, Mark. Okay, come on. You know what? If you want to give us a one star rating, give us a one star rating. Yeah, that's that's the question I've wanted to ask you and Stephen. What's your revenue model for this? This Volume. (laughs) Make it up on volume. (laughs) I've always wanted to ask that to you. (laughs) we, we, We make it up just on volume. That's all there is. Are you, are you going to be sponsored by like Microsoft? You know, <laughs> we do have, we do have several. Uh, first of all, Mark, stop. We do have several companies, including my own, that yes. actually fund GeoMob. Uh, Esri is a sponsor. Splash Maps, of course, provides the um, Splash Maps Best Speakers Prize, for which we're thankful. Uh, and of course, Stephen, Stephen's uh, organization. So, Stephen, you want to give a quick plug for uh, for your project there? No, no. No, I don't want to plug anything. I just want to say I really hope everyone has a great 2021. It's got to be... It, listen, I, I know it's it's risky to make predictions, but surely it's got to be better than 2020. Oh, don't yeah. say that. What have you got done now? <laughs> we okay, shall see. Let's, let's wrap it. Bye, All everyone. Right. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is Geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future Geomob event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.